I can be out like shopping in a grocery store and then just randomly I'm like, my panties are wet. Why? And I'll feel really horny. And then like it passes. And I'm like, what was that? What was it? Was it the cucumbers? Was it the chill in the frozen food section that makes my fingers go numb, but my nipples go even harder? Like, I don't, I really don't know, but it, it does happen. And when it does, I'm just like, why can't I always have that wetness when I'm horny? Why is it like randomly when I'm shopping for bread? Like, why can't it just be an all the time kind of thing? Welcome back one and all. Thank you for listening. If you're new here, this is the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty podcast, and I'm your host, Molly Stewart. We define wholesome a little differently here, and my guests span everywhere from the adult industry to the vanilla side of humanity. If you haven't, please consider subscribing. Word of mouth is what helps this podcast grow. So share with a friend, leave a comment, download an episode, or anything you can to help with the algorithm. I release episodes every Monday, and if you're subscribed, you'll never miss an episode. You don't want to miss out on all the crazy conversations that evolve here. Um, but that's enough from me, and let's get to today's guest. Welcome to the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Stewart, and today's guest is me, Molly Stewart. I'm running completely solo today. There is no live stream, no live interaction with fans. There is no guest because I'm here in Australia filming the last episode before I am home in the States. When this airs, it will be the 4th of July, which is celebrating Independence Day, which is really cool, I guess. Um... Some things that are pretty cool that I've discovered, well, one of them is that this is the only cup of coffee that I've had this morning because while we've been steadily eating our way through the pantry to make sure that we're not leaving any foodstuffs behind, we're out of coffee, and so there was only time to really order one coffee before things were started. I could have ordered two coffees in one go, but I figured that one would get cold while I finished the other one, and then nobody really wants to drink a cold coffee. So this is my brain on one. Oh, that's it. One cup of coffee, and it's not going well. But we're going to make our way through this, and it's going to be fantastic. Something has come to my attention while I've been abroad that I, I it really just blew me away. Um, I don't know if I should be talking about it. Apparently, I should, but I, I just find it crazy. Um, the Roe v. Wade was overturned. Happy Independence Day. Ugh. Like, it, it absolutely blows my mind that this is even something that's happening. And I know that you're going to have people who are like, oh, it's up to the states to decide. And why? <laughs> why? I saw, uh, I saw, I can't remember who it was speaking, but it was a clip from a news briefing about it. And there were, so this woman was talking about how women. Women should be able to control when a man ejaculates. Excuse me. So not only do we have to, you know, men don't have control over themselves, right? So we as women have to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, and act a certain way to stop men from assaulting us essentially, because they just have no control. It's like when you see things about, like, um, like school uniforms, you know, in certain, you know, grades to, to, you know, protect male stuff. What are they need protecting from? From their own dirty freaking thoughts? So men can't control their own urges, I suppose, and we have to apparently control when they ejaculate and where and how and all these things. <sighs> so not only do we have to stop them somehow from assaulting us in situations like that. We also have control over their bodies. And so if men have so little control, why is it that they're allowed to then have a say in control over women's bodies? It's like, where where is the personal responsibility in any of this? And and honestly, like, it, it just, I'm sorry, I'm so upset about it. it. It blows my mind. Like, I am someone who, oh, should I even talk about this? I don't know. I'm having such a bad day screw it. Let's go for it. So my ex, oh, lovely human being, had a finish for many things pregnancy, right? And like, he, he basically liked to use my uterus as a cash cow um, 
things like, you know, ovum donation, you know, getting me into the industry in general. Um, he also had a fetish for getting me pregnant. Yeah, but not from him, from other men. Yeah. Very few times did it stick, but a few times it did. And I had to go through the process of then terminating that pregnancy, going through a sexual experience that number one, I didn't want to go through, that I would cry and beg to not go through, where I would then be threatened, blackmailed, a whole assortment and array of things to get me to do things that I wasn't comfortable doing, that I certainly did not want to be doing and then had the incredibly horrible fallout of the hormone issues the body issues that follow something like an abortion it's not like people it's not like women are going to abortions because it's like fun we're not going to disneyland we're doing it to prevent having this this huge burden brought upon our bodies and our lives, especially from situations where it's not something that's planned. It's not something that we wanted. In this case, I had an abusive spouse. Should I have just carried all of those to term? Should, was that, whose responsibility was it at the end of the day? Like someone who was almost a decade older than me, manipulating me or what like was that was that my fault because i was asking for it or when i was sitting there crying sobbing begging please don't make me do this again i would rather go on birth control where at least i only partially feel like killing myself like the it just blows my mind and then you have to have this network of actual people like for for the majority from polls and just my conversations with people, a majority of people, even if they are, you know, not really a fan of abortion, they're still totally fine with letting other people choose how to run their lives. You know, it's like, and you can say, oh, you know, you should just carry it because someone will love that child. And uh, there are children who are born into families and kept where they're not even loved or treated well. And then you want to look at the system that we have in place for unwanted or unplanned children. Yeah, it's not great. It's not fantastic. And very few people come out of that having a good experience, I would say. But um, no, let's just make people who are unfit to be parents, do not want to be parents, which makes you unfit to be a parent, in my opinion. Not because you couldn't be a parent someday, because you don't have that ability inside of you, but if you're not at a point where you want a child, then you are unfit to be a parent. Absolutely. Absolutely unfit to be a parent. <laughs> For instance, even, even if I had been forced, you know, back then to carry those things to term, I was with an abusive partner who would not only then be abusive to me, but abusive to a child that neither of us wanted. It, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. This is what science is for. Like, oh my God. Anyway, I don't want to rant about this anymore. It makes me too mad and I have nobody to bounce my stuff off of. And I feel like I'm just going to keep repeating the same thing because I'm just, it's just so unbelievably frustrating to me, especially as someone who has been assaulted in more than one way, more than once throughout my life. It, it's, it's the rage that I feel. But alternatively, if you are now in a state where that's not allowed, there is an option for you. And this is submitted uh, by Pete. So there is a woman who is dating an invisible alien who abducted her from her London flat and says he's better in bed than any earth man and urges all women to find intergalactic lovers. So if you don't want to have to worry about, you know, oh, well, if you're having sex, then you should expect that you're having a baby. And if you don't want that to be your case, well, I can recommend women or intergalactic invisible lovers who are better than Earthmen. I mean, honestly, in most cases, from most instances that I've heard, most women have to finish themselves off anyway. So... You know, I mean, so we can go down this path, but I don't know. <laughs> so this is um, Emanuela Rose, formerly known as Abby Bella, who lives in East London. 
<laughs> said she met an alien after posting on Instagram about how she'd rather date someone from a different planet than go on another Tinder date. Wouldn't we all? Oh my God. But it's, yeah. But I mean, hey, so she has a really nice um, blow up alien doll. Um, yeah, David, maybe you can post a picture of her. I'll share this article with you. Um, she looks completely normal. She looks like she has it figured out. Um, this is kind of how I feel like my brain looked. Like all this confusion, all this, everything when I found out about this really, it's insane to me. But so anyway, if you don't want to have to worry about a pregnancy, um, I would recommend an invisible intergalactic lover. See how that works out for you. She doesn't look crazy at all. Mm. I feel like I'm going crazy more and more every single day. So we have some other submissions and I'm just going to run through these submissions because this is what I have going today. And I hope that my ranting isn't too annoying. I know that my voice is, but try to bear with me. All right. So we actually have a follow-up from uh, Brandon from Connecticut, who was a Spanko, which we discovered what that meant on a different episode. Um, so he also included the Urban Dictionary definition of a Spanko, which is a short form, short form of Spankophile, one who likes to spank or be spanked. This includes... GG or good girl spankings and DD or domestic discipline spankings, but should not be confused with the BDSM scene, which includes an embarrassment and humiliation and pain beyond simple spankings. That was so many S's. So I, <laughs> oh my goodness. So I don't know. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not know this. Um, if you've seen the movie that I created with my friend Ella Silver, then you will know about my lisp. Um, when I was a kid in elementary, primary school, whatever it is where you guys live, um, I had a speech impediment and it's something that I didn't even realize that I had. I ended up going to like speech therapy for it. And <laughs> when I'm doing things like ad reads, for instance, not only am I trying to make eye contact with the camera while reading something that I've written, but I'm also mentally making sure that I am enunciating my words and if I'm not careful, <laughs> or when I'm frustrated, I very often just slide back right into the lisp that I've worked so very hard over the years to the smith. But that's why it's also so easy for me to fall back into something like a lisp. And it's super not embarrassing at all. But it is very frustrating when I'm <laughs> when I get when I get frustrated, it's frustrating because I'm trying to focus on the things that I'm saying. Uh, and also trying not to lisp while I speak. And with all those S's in the Spanko, that was just very difficult for me. Anyway, I'm also very sorry, David, because I'm sure with my rant earlier that I swore a bunch during the nice girl clock, but it is what it is. I'm having a frustrating day and I've only had a cup of coffee, so you can't really blame me. And I'm very sorry. All right. So anyway, Brandon from Connecticut. Hello, Miss Molly. I hope you're doing well. As I mentioned in my previous email, I'm a big fan of your content and workouts that you kindly share for free on social media. Oh, look at him thanking me for posting on social media. That's very sweet, actually. I do provide... Oh, God, social media is so exhausting. Anyway, sorry. However, what I didn't mention is that I first discovered you by Googling lesbian lift and carry videos. Two names that came up were you and Phoenix Marie. Is lift and carry something you do on your own in a video, or is it something the director encourages you to do? I'm not sure how much creative freedom you have in your videos. Needless to say, I love it and would love to see you lift men. Once again, Brandon from Connecticut. Now, as far as lift and carry, I mean, I've always done lift and carry stuff since I've been doing girl, girl content, especially in cam shows. Um, a fan favorite was always a shower show, lift her up. But I mean, it's for me, I'm kind of like, I'm just, I've always been stronger and most of the time, <coughs> sorry, most of the time bigger um, than the women that I work with. So it kind of just comes out and I like, I like lifting people. I think it's fun. It's not necessarily like a turn on for me, but I'm just kind of like, I can and it's fun and people like it. So why not? Um, but as far as uh, with Phoenix Marie, it would be fun to try to lift Phoenix. Actually, when I get back to Vegas, um, 
I know Phoenix and I want to do some work together. I've had a podcast episode with her, which I would love to do again, honestly, and make sure that my camera was working. Because um, if you guys have seen the episode, when I did have Phoenix on, my my face camera died. <laughs> Somehow it was corrupted during the entire filming. So I had to draw a photo of myself to put over me when I was talking because there was no footage. But um, I know that she is also very dom and very strong. So it'd be really fun to do like a scene with her or it'd be really fun to do one where we dom a girl together. I think that that would be really fun as well. But um, uh, directors encouraging, typically if a director is encouraging something, it's like something that's kind of written into the script. Um, I'm trying to think, I've done so many scenes, but I'm trying to think of an instance where I've like done it just to do it. I think typically in a scene, it's kind of like you you have to kind of go through how they say. So sometimes it also depends on like the space that you're in and things like that. But I think there was a shower scene that I did. I can't I think it was for Twisties, I believe. And I lifted, was it Jill Cassidy, I believe? I think it was for like a spring break thing. But often like I'll lift girls like on the beds and stuff. Like they're so tiny and I can just like eat them around actually it'd be really fun to do one now that i'm stronger than i was before and see see how much easier it is now but i do like to do it on my own and i have plenty more content that i'm hoping to make when i am back in the states but also hard to create content lifting anything when it's just me over here so in the future yes it's something that i do love to do and as far as creative freedom, I have them in my videos, but not necessarily shooting for companies, if that makes sense. And I think I had come across something else that was similar to that. Let me see something really quick. Okay, so this was um, from someone else. There was no, there was no name attached to it. There was a name in the email but they didn't leave a name. So I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to out someone who doesn't want to be outed. So this kind of ties into that, I suppose. Look at me. I tried to like lay out my emails because I don't have David here to do it for me. Um, so this is from Anonymous. Did it take you a while to get used to your height or have you always been okay being taller? Were you always a taller girl growing up? Yes, I was always taller growing up. I, um, I had a growth spurt like fifth grade I want to say which was like right before I started homeschooling so I kind of just like shot up then but also where I grew up was the midwest so I was taller than a fair amount of other kids my age um especially guys because I feel like guys kind of hit their growth spurt a little bit later but for the most part in the midwest like there's a lot of tall people like where I grew up, it it wasn't really until I moved out of that area that I kind of made the realization that I was taller than other people. Like in um in high school, I played sports all the time and I was not the tallest girl on my basketball team nor on my volleyball team. So I was actually a few inches shorter than some of the tallest girls there. Um, I'm shorter than my mom. She's taller than me. Um, yeah, so it wasn't really until I was out in, like, uh, I would say California, where I noticed, I'm like, oh, I'm, like, a head taller than, like, a lot of people, even guys. <laughs> it's interesting. And you would get, like, the comments of, oh, my God, you're so tall. Did you play basketball? Like, growing up in Michigan, well, number one, everyone just assumes that you play basketball. Like, everyone is, like, the sports or whatever. But also, everyone is tall, like... I'm trying to, like, I didn't really know that many obscenely short people, not obscene, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I've always been taller, but I didn't really realize that my height was that different compared to other people until I actually left the Midwest, if that makes sense. But I'm completely okay um, being taller. When I was younger, I actually wished that I was much taller than I was <laughs> because I wanted to be taller than my mom, for one, and I wanted to be the tallest person on my sports teams, which I never was. So I had to make up for in other ways, but that's all right. But I really like being tall. Even when I would go to like ABN conventions and stuff, um, it always cracks me up because, you know, I, I've, my stats are listed online multiple places. I would always say how tall I am. And then people would be like, 
oh my goodness, you're actually tall. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to like lie about being tall and then show up and not be tall. That's crazy. But on top of that, I would also like to wear these crazy big boots, just like butt kicking boots. Like I would get them from Dolls Kill because it's one of the only places that makes like crazy interesting footwear that can actually fit my giant Sasquatch feet because I have like a size 11 to 12. They're just massive. And as I discussed last episode, clammy and sweaty and smelly and gross. But, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I loved like being able to just kind of like tower over people. <laughs> like, I think it's, I think it's funny. And I think it's funny to like see people's faces when you walk past, especially in that situation. Cause I mean, you're, you're dressed how you are for AVN. It's pretty scantily clad, let's be honest. And then you're kind of already this tall figure. And then it's like, well, I can, I can see over all the crowds of people because my boots are this tall and I'm already the height that I am. So I can just like, you know, see anything that I want. And it's also, I feel like it, it's also kind of a deterrent. So I think that the height combined with the RBF, like most people will not fuck with me. They just don't. They're like, <laughs> I don't think, you know, it's something that I just, I guess I look like I can kick your ass. And so most people leave me alone, which is really, really good for my introverted self, which is pretty cool. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. I absolutely love this product and I can't wait to get back to Vegas where a full supply is waiting for me, courtesy of my friends at Liquid IV. Even before they sponsored the show, You've seen me drink it and heard me talk about the benefits, so I'm excited to announce our partnership. I drink Liquid IV every day and even packed a stash for my trip abroad. Needless to say, I was very disappointed when it ran out. I've tried other products to help with hydration, but I personally feel nothing else compares to Liquid IV. One stick of Liquid IV hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone, with amazing flavors like lemon-lime, strawberry, pina colada, and more. My favorite is watermelon, and I'm very excited to try golden cherry. I start my mornings with a glass of liquid IV while I wait for my coffee to brew. It really refreshes me and gives me the hydrated start to the morning I need, especially living in the desert heat of Las Vegas. But whether you live in the desert, the forest, the beach, or anywhere in between, summer is here and hydration should be a top priority. Whether you're recovering from a workout like me or from a weekend of partying, Liquid IV has you covered. One stick of Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, and has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Liquid IV is also non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. What makes Liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology, which is designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. They're also on a mission to change the world, having donated 20 million servings globally. Liquid IV has worked for me and so many others. Try it for yourself and see how better hydration can change your day. Get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TWND at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code TWND at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with liquidiv.com, promo code TWND. As someone who always loves new technology, one question that I have is, why can't tech be cute? But then I discovered kawaii lighting, and I realized that it actually can be, and it is, at kawaiilighting.com. These aren't basic ring lights. They stand out. So whether you're looking for RGB to make a statement or want to do something extra cute, like with their cat, heart, or star-shaped lights, kawaiilighting.com has you covered. Get one for yourself. Get one for the cute streamer in your life. Whoever you get one for, use code TWND at checkout or click the affiliate link in the description to let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. And I also like playing that dominant role and stuff. So I guess the height helps with that as well, because that's that's what I end up getting cast into. And that's my favorite, my favorite character to play. <laughs> so works out. It works out really well for me. All right. Um Okay, so here's another one that kind of ties into my rant from earlier. So I don't know that this is true crime necessarily but it was uh anonymous as well who asked um also do you like true crime documentaries and do you have a favorite one you've watched recently 
I don't really know if this is true crime since he wasn't like nothing really happened to him. But I just watched a documentary called um, it's either I think it's Our Father. So it's about um, I'm going to look look up his name real quick. Sorry. Yes. So it's about the Indianapolis-based fertility doctor, Donald Klein. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but there was a fertility doctor in Indiana who was using his own semen to inseminate so many women. Like, I knew about it to an extent because I'd heard about it here and there. But the more that I watched the documentary, like, the angrier and angrier I got because... It, it continues going on without, like, too many spoilers, but the numbers keep racking up when they introduce, like, each new person who agreed to be part of the documentary, and then they list which number that person is. And it ends up being a, a, an insane amount. And and it, it's just, it's so wild to me that, like, nothing really ended up happening to him. Spoiler alert again. Sorry. But, um... But basically, like, there were even situations where couples thought that they were going in and it would be the husband and the wife and it would be his sample, the husband's inseminating his wife, right? But it wasn't. It was the doctor. So it wasn't even like he he tried to claim that it was situations where, you know, I, I only did it in the case where there wasn't you know, where there wasn't another sample that was viable to use. Uh, it was so infrequently, it couldn't have been more than this many. Well, then it was found out to be more. Well, it couldn't have been more than this many. And it ended up being such an insane amount. And the fact that nothing happened to this guy and the trauma that these families must have experienced and gone through and like how violating that is as a woman. <laughs> oh my God, it goes back to this whole, like writing this whole, Roe v. Wade thing. Oh my god, it's just incensing me again. I actually got so mad <laughs> watching this documentary. I freaking hate this guy. Like, and the more stuff that comes out, like I I saw this girl, this girl talking about um I can't remember her tag or anything like that because I watched it very late at night, but she was talking about how, you know, she was very sympathetic to men, and I was kind of this way too, like, and I mean I still I'm sympathetic towards people in a way, but I always wanted to know, like, you know, because as someone who has been sexually assaulted um, on multiple occasions, I knew that it wasn't, you know, just women. Um, And I was always told, you know, by my ex, too, like, well, it happens to men, too, and it's not, you know, that big of a deal happens to everybody, and blah, 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 and, you know, men get, you know, shit on all the time, and the system is rigged against men, and men go to war and well it's not just men who go to war anymore and yes men are assaulted in the way but typically it's by other men like and I used to be at a point where I was like I really wanted to understand like the male side of things like how does it feel like literally how does it feel for instance and she made this this references too like like what does it feel like when you get kicked in the balls like i don't have balls i'll never know that it's like how i asked you guys <laughs> i think it was last episode we were talking about like what is like ball sweat like what is that like like is it something that's all the time is it this like i'm so curious because i'm not a man and so i'm curious how things are to like be a man but then you get into a situation like this where men We'll never have to go through something like this. Like, I think the only man who's ever asked me how something like this feels is my current man, which is a crazy, strange phenomenon to me. Like, like when I go through crazy hormone stuff and like all all this stuff, he asks like how I'm feeling, how he can help with this or that. And so often it's like men aren't trying to actually understand or feel what we're going through and then something like this is like you'll never be pregnant you will not you will never 
know what it's like to have your body feel and change in this way. And even as someone who has gone gone through abortions and natural miscarriages, which are horrible, horrible things on both ends to go through, you'll never know the hormonal craziness that goes along with that, that literally makes you want to die in in many instances that's what it does to me it makes me suicidal it makes me depressed like it's not a good thing and yes you can experience depression and suicidal thoughts and those things but you will never know the toll that it takes on your body during and after those procedures or those natural occurrences you will never know or experience that and most seem like they couldn't care less to know what any of that feels like or to want to be able to relate at all. And, oh, like, it's not that big of a deal. Or and I've had people say, well, you are you live in Nevada and that's not changing. So why do you care? Because I've been in situations where I haven't lived in places where things like that would be acceptable. Or I've lived in areas where I couldn't talk about the fact that I was sexually assaulted without being judged for it. Like it was somehow my fault. I've been in those positions and it is the worst feeling and you feel so incredibly alone. Like, so it affects all of us women in some way, because even if we're not currently experiencing it, many of us know how it feels to go through something like that, or at the very least can imagine and actually have... <laughs> the want and understanding to try to understand what someone is going through in that situation. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, all men are, they're not. Obviously, I've just given prime example of my man actually wanting to know how I'm feeling about things and being supportive and talking things through with me and things like that. But I would say in most instances, it's, it's not. And I even have situations where, (laughs) You know, I go through things and I have fans who want to complain, you know, about, oh, well, you can't do this or that. Like, when I'm currently bleeding from my vagina, (laughs) like, my ovaries feel like they're the size of grapefruits that have been punched repeatedly. I'm feeling depressed as shit. I can't put anything inside of me. Blood is pouring out of me and you're mad because your custom's going to be a couple days late. Like, there's all this kind of, it's just like, I, I don't know why this is happening. God, it's so incredibly frustrating. I wish people just would try to understand that sometimes, like, your opinion doesn't fucking matter. Like, unless you have actually gone through something like I've mentioned especially as a man, like you, you just, you can't, you can't discount and discredit someone's feelings and experiences about something, especially when it's something that you've never experienced. But anyway, I can't believe that I'm ranting about that again. Fuck. It makes me so upset. Anyway, (laughs) but the whole Dr. Klein thing, um, I thought was absolutely disgusting. And I believe it came out. I don't know if they're still making discoveries about it, but I believe it was over 90 children that he basically gave in his semen insemination for. It was some ridiculous amount like that. And then most of them also lived in close proximity to each other as well, which is just insane, you know? And I can just imagine... I can only imagine the the frustration and heart and anger and betrayal and all of that that comes from that type of discovery. And my heart just like broke for those people. It's just, it's disgusting. It's, God, I hate people so much. The more, the older I get, the more things I discover, the more things happen, the more I want to never leave my house and just interact with people on the internet and the five people that I like in the real world. It's it's getting it's getting wild out there. Uh, okay. So this is from Drifter. I'm going to I'm going to move on from this cuz I'm I'm like still thinking about it and I just have this like I have this little I don't know if you guys get this when you get angry and you get like 
frustrated about something you're you're thinking which we'll get into the overthinking because this is about that and I get this spot in my chest and I just like feel it and I need to like get it out and I can't and I'm just uh <sighs> okay <clears throat> Um, I have always been an overthinker, always play out scenarios in my head that never happen or thinking about what people would think about me. I've been a bigger guy most of my life. I used to walk around and when I would make eye contact or even if we didn't, I would think in my mind that I think you were talking about me like, oh, look at this fat ass ugly guy and sometimes even worse. And how do you handle overthinking? Oh, yeah, the overthinking. I don't handle it well. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess it goes on too. I'm sorry. Uh, I can talk to girls fairly easily when I'm introduced, but to walk up and start a conversation, I lose the ability to talk and I just stumble over my words just to make an ass of myself. I try to self, I try to tell myself rejection ain't that bad, but it also terrifies me. Any advice? Um, so as far as overthinking, as I've said before, my biggest toxic trait, um, I, I do it a lot. I do it a lot, but I do it a lot less than I used to. So I, I try to just, it's, it's something that is very difficult and it's like, especially, but when you, when you look at something and the way that I've tried to see it is that typically when I'm overthinking, right. Or if I'm assuming that someone is thinking things about me or saying things about me in their head or to other people or whatever, typically those things are things that I think about myself. And I try to remind myself, which seems like it, it when you have as much unbridled self-loathing inside of you as I do, which I'm overcoming day by day, it seems like it should be very easy to be like, well, you're not special. But <laughs> I mean, personally, I had someone who was always telling me, that people were saying things about me or that people thought things about me or that people had said things to him um, about me. And so it's been in my head just for years and years and years. And when I was bullied in high school and junior high, there were actually people saying things about me and behind my back and to other people um, and about things that I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I should have had insecurities about, but that made me feel weird and crazy about. But I just try to remind myself, especially now, like I didn't even have this much like self-loathing when I was when I was a kid and being bullied, because at that point I was like, oh, I'll just turn it up to a thousand, you know, if they think this is weird, oh <laughs> get ready, you know, like but I think I was in a situation for long enough where I felt like there there was only one person who saw any value in me not realizing that this person only it, it's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing to explain and i'm going to try to do it the best i can but basically was with someone who was always telling me you know this person thinks this of you this person said that of you especially if it was someone that i would try to become or be on the way to becoming close with um, because that's a really good way to cut off any other social connections so that I only had my one lifeline. And, you know, in other situations, it'd be like, well, I don't think that of you. And, and here's these little breadcrumbs of affection and praise and, and this and that, that you need just enough to keep you coming back for more. And so that you realize that nobody else feels that way about you. Only I feel that way about you. And I'm sure that that's not the same as your situation. But even now, typically when I'm thinking, oh, this person must think this of me, this person is probably telling someone this about me. It's things that I have insecurities about. So for instance, if you're someone who has, you know, dealt with, you know, being overweight and things like that, perhaps, and I'm purely just speculating, like I don't know you personally on that level. I, I hope this doesn't come across as insensitive or anything because it really is not meant to. But this is my own personal experience where I take basically my insecurities and I put those on other people. And I've even done it like to my, my boyfriend who doesn't see those things in me or who doesn't see them as negative things. And I'm like, well, you know, he must think this or, you know, this new person that I see must think this or, 
even situations like where they're pretty much strangers and I just have to interact with them. I'm like, all my insecurities rush in. I'm like, here's what they must be thinking of me, but it's because it's what I think of me. So it's anything that I kind of find within myself that I'm disappointed in or that I wish was better or that I wish was different or any of that kind of stuff. And that's what I assume other people (laughs) think of me, but I'm not special. You're not special. Nobody's special. Like, and I mean that in a way of, of course, everyone is special to someone and everyone has special things about them, of course. But typically, most people, especially people who don't know you well or at all, especially strangers, they don't think of you. They, it's, it's like, think about, think about the people that, that you would maybe see out. I mean, do you remember even maybe 10% of the people that are strangers that you don't know, like when you go to a shopping center or something? Of course not. You're not even thinking about them 10 minutes after seeing them or 10 minutes after leaving the parking lot, much less, you know, days and days later where overthinkers, I feel like, will fixate on maybe one look that we think that we might have gotten from a person and we'll obsess about it for days and let it like ruin my mental and I'm I'm a lot better at kind of quelling it now but I try to just kind of remind myself that for the most part even people that we know they don't think about us you know it's like it's not that we don't think about each other especially people that we do care about but if they're people that we care about then we're definitely not thinking about like all the negative things about them and I've even found in in personal you know situations where Perhaps I do have like a friendship or some sort of relationship with someone. Um, Maybe there is something negative. Even that negative thing or that one negative conversation, I don't think about that unless I'm thinking about like maybe like my part in it and then overthinking like, oh, I should have said this or I should have done this. But even even then, say somebody does something kind of small that maybe bothers me or something, I don't really, I don't think about it. And unless it happens again, it's not really something that kind of enters my mind again. Um, so I think it's kind of just about reminding yourself that everybody else has so much more going on than you can realize because you also have so much going on. So other people probably aren't thinking about us even 5% as much as we're overthinking the situation of them potentially thinking about us when they're probably not thinking about us at all. So I kind of just try to remind myself that I'm special to some, but not special to most. And most people do not think of me. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if that helps at all. Um, But as as far as uh, walking up to some random and starting a conversation, I am not the person, (laughs) I'm not the person to ask for that. (laughs) Because you said that you stumble over your words and it was just making me think of my lisp and the fact that sometimes um, when I'm nervous, I will, I will literally choke on what I'm saying. I will literally choke on the words. Like my brain moves a lot faster than my mouth. I've said this on another episode, brain to mouth. (laughs) Not so easy. And sometimes I will get ahead of what I'm trying to say. And especially when I'm very nervous and I will say something and actually choke and like, (laughs) and then I'll try to like turn it into a cough or a sneeze. I literally think I did it earlier in my rant and I think I turned it into a cough or a sneeze, but it was literally me choking on words and it was very embarrassing and I shouldn't even be admitting that now, but I am because I'm not perfect and I'm freaking human and I have problems, but (laughs) the stumbling over the words, I don't really know what to tell you with that. I would say for me, it's why I typically end up, I hate when people are like, when I'm at in a social situation where I'm not comfortable and I'm trying very hard to be comfortable where it's like, well, you just don't seem like you're having a good time. Like you're not, you're not saying very much. You're not talking very much. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> this is the place I talk the most. I'm not, I'm not good at talking. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at listening. And I feel like for the most part, people want to talk about themselves So if I can sit there and listen and actually listen, because when I listen to someone, I actually listen. I retain that information. And then if I can listen for long enough, maybe I can calm my brain down enough to the point where I actually like get a few words out and say something that isn't like and freaking choke on them. So 
I guess I would try to say in situations like that, for me anyway, that's kind of what helps is where maybe I can enter a conversation that's already begun, do some deep listening, and then try to find something to contribute. Um, Typically, if I'm walking up and starting a conversation, I've done that on occasion, usually ends up being weird, or I'll try to find the other person who looks just as uncomfortable as me. And I'm like, well... (laughs) I'll try this one. <laughs> and usually that ends up kind of working out because, you know, I feel like um, the extroverts kind of flock to the extroverts, right? And us introverts kind of have to stick together. And that's typically worked out. And then I find somebody to be a little bit weird with in in, in a party setting. And, you know, we're both choking on what we're saying. So it's it's not as bad, you know? And then, you know, if you can kind of find somebody to... I wouldn't say latch on to necessarily, but to have someone to help make you feel a little bit more comfortable, then I've also found that once I kind of get my foot in the door of some type of conversation with someone and it's going okay, then I'm. it's much easier for me to kind of branch out into the rest of the people, even if I don't typically try to do that. If it comes to that, I can do it a lot easier. Also, weed helps me a lot. Okay. (laughs) We don't have that here in Australia. Okay. (laughs) This has been going on for 40 minutes now, and I apologize if it's really boring. Um, This is me, and I'm choking on words and ranting about abortion and being sexually assaulted, and I'm really sorry because it's probably not interesting, and it probably just sounds like a jumble of bleh, but this is my brain, so... There you go. Hope you enjoy it. Um, If you enjoy, please consider subscribing, (laughs) sharing with a friend, leaving us a rating. Please leave a comment for the algorithm. Leave a like, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) All right. So, and then this is from Olivia. Olivia, thank you so much. Um, So Olivia said, hi, Molly. I ran into this article about questions on Reddit that men have for women, but are too afraid or embarrassed to ask. And I found it pretty interesting. I highlighted a few questions that I found as a female intriguing, and I thought it'd be cool to see which you found interesting. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to read from these and then I might, I might pull some stuff from this page because she gave me the link for it for future episodes if I run out of tings. And also since today's episode is all about, um, well, I'm basically just ranting, but then also answering fan stuff. Um, <coughs> sorry, that was a real sneeze. I wasn't choking on anything. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. If you guys would like to leave your own submissions, my favorites are voicemails because when I get voicemails, I get to hear from you guys and actually hear your voices. And it's cool because it makes me feel like I'm not sitting here by myself talking to myself, even though that's exactly what I'm doing. But it's nice to hear somebody else's voice besides your own, because I hate my own voice. Um, So you can leave those at anchor.fm slash twnd. There's a little button that says message with a plus, and that's where you leave your voice messages. Or you can uh, go to twndpodcast at gmail.com for your email submissions as well. All right. So here's a question from that Reddit submitted by Olivia. Do you women randomly get sexually aroused in public for no reason at all like men? And if so, does it die down quickly? Um, I think that, I think that probably depends on the woman. So, and I say that because, I say that because like I, I've had so many different conversations about this. So women are so different sexually than men. Like, yes, men have their different kinks and their different fetishes. And yes, but like generically, I feel like, Men are very, very similar. Women, I feel like, vary quite a bit. So there are, like, for instance, women who get off only clitoral. There are women who can get off only from nipple stimulation. There are women who can't get off from penetration. Women who can. Women who are multi-orgasmic. Women who can only have one, maybe. Um, And so I feel like some women are obviously more highly sexual than others. I guess I would have to ask more women about this, but for me, I would say I do get sexually aroused in public for no reason. Um, 
I don't maybe if I thought about it or maybe if I analyzed it more there there would be a certain reason but I it doesn't feel like it half the time when it happens so for instance like <laughs> I have a very uh, tiny giny and what I mean by that is I'm not like um I'm not I don't have wings which are beautiful if there are any women listening there are nothing wrong with wings I have licked many a wing and they are beautiful lovely flaps and I love them too but for me mine is very t- like it's it's like Fort Knox all right like it there is no external wetness like if you want to get in there you have to the gates have to be open for you my friend like <laughs> you are not getting in there unless I oof uh, maybe that has something to, oh my god maybe that has something to do with realizations that we are having anyway i don't want to think about that but anyway so there's not a lot of external external wetness like for instance when i use toys that are internal penetration i have to use lube like i have to because otherwise it just like rubs on my skin and my skin is very very sensitive down there as well so it's i'm very particular about my toys and my lube and all that kind of stuff um but so even when I'm excited, right, most, most of the wetness is inside. Like, and sometimes there's some that comes out, but I can be out like shopping in a grocery store and then just randomly, I'm like, my panties are wet. Why? And I'll feel really horny. And then like it passes and I'm like, what was that? What was it? Was it the cucumbers? Was it the chill in the frozen food section that makes my fingers go numb, but my nipples go even harder? Like, I don't... I really don't know, but it it does happen. And when it does, I'm just like, why can't I always have that wetness when I'm horny? Why is it like randomly when I'm shopping for bread? Like, why can't it just be an all the time kind of thing? It would be very nice to be horny and just be like, oh, well, it's ready, you know? And luckily I have a man who definitely takes care of things with his tongue so there is no worry there it is always perfectly lubed you know lick it before you stick it but it would be nice right if i didn't have to lick it before i suck it and it was just liquid on its own you know what i mean but you know we don't all get that luxury sometimes we have tiny jinies with no flaps and zero moisture except on the inside so yes for me I do get sexually aroused, but sometimes, like, usually it dies down, but sometimes it, like, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't die down, and I'm just like, I need to get home. I need to get home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I guess it just kind of depends, but I I would be curious to hear from more women. So if women do listen to this podcast, if you would like to call in or, uh, you know, send me an email or whatever, I'd absolutely love to hear from the ladies thank you so much olivia for writing in with these because these are very interesting to me um but i would love to hear from my female listeners if there are any more of you besides olivia i would love to hear from you i love women all right so we have another one from this which is why is there an overabundance of pillows everywhere couches beds i get having one or two for comfort but i've seen women with five plus pillows oh my god i'm this person (laughs) i don't know maybe it's a nesting thing i like comfort i don't know what to tell you like so my bed in vegas has the pillows for sleepy sleeps (laughs) then it has the pillows that have the pillow shams for decoration. Then it has a small square pillow. Then it has a little oblong pillow. And then it has one of the pillows that you lean back against that has armrests. And then um, I think there is also a really comfortable blanket that's stretched along the edge of it. And then I also have little baskets that are filled with blankets. My couch has like six pillows on it. My little small futon couch. Pillows everywhere. God, I love pillows. I love them so much. And also... The pillows that have the, the little duvet on them, I sleep on my side, and so I like to, to flop it and flop my arm over and, like, spoon the pillow while I'm getting spooned from behind. And when there's nobody to sleep in the bed, I like to surround myself and encase myself, like, in a in a nest of pillows. It's nesting. 
It's nesting. That's what that is. I don't know. I really, <laughs> I just really enjoy pillows. And I think they look so nice. It just makes everything look like warm and inviting. And I don't expect some men to understand because like my man, for instance, he would just, he, he would sleep on the floor in this gym. He with like a blanket. That's exactly what he would do. And he would be completely fine with that. But me, I like pillows and blankets and candles. And I don't know, I think it's just like a matter of, um, I really like, especially in places that I live, I like to have a feeling of comfort. And it also just kind of, it just makes it feel home, home-like and safe, I guess. And... I don't really know. I mean, I can't really explain <laughs> the pillow phenomenon, but I'm definitely a person with many, many pillows. So freaking many pillows. They are everywhere. And I also have seasonal pillows. Um, what I mean by this, <laughs> what I mean by this is that my couch at home has pillows for different holidays. And when the pillows are not with the coordinating holiday, they go in the pillow closet so I have St. Patrick's Day pillows, Easter pillows, Halloween pillows, Christmas pillows. <laughs> like, I have seasonal decor pillows. I don't know what to tell you. I like it. I like decorating my house. It's the little touches, okay? I like it to be, I like my house to be efficient, comfortable, homely, and make everyone feel comfortable who joins it. Like, pillows for everyone. If anyone's sitting on the couch, they get a pillow. You can never have enough pillows or blankets. They are wonderful. And I will die on that hill. All right. We <laughs> have, have another one here. And I think that that will actually sum up this episode, which is cool because we're at 51 minutes. Look at me. I talked. And I only choked and turned it into a sneeze once. All right. I am just a trash person. All right. What kind of common behavior makes a guy seem creepy or unattractive? I don't... I'm trying to think. Like, I don't talk to that many guys or people. Um, Something that I hate, at least online, which is common for some reason that I don't understand, is the guys who comment, I love you, on TikTok, Instagram. It's really weird and gross and creepy, and I don't, I don't like it. I think that that is ick. Um... I also don't like guys who don't understand personal space, if we're talking in the real world. Like, for instance, I went to, like, an EB Games here in Australia, and I was just, like, looking at some stuff, and this guy was, like, being so obnoxiously loud. That's another thing. Obnoxiously loud just for no reason in public spaces. Just like, everyone needs to hear what I'm... Inside voice. There's no need for that. Everyone in a fucking six store radius can hear you. Calm down. One of those guys, very loud. And I was trying to just like look at some games and just kept getting closer <laughs> and closer. Like he's like looking at the games. I bend over to, to look at something and he's like this close, bending over to look at the same thing. And I'm like, you don't even have to be here. It's so weird. So then I went around him. I knelt down to grab something off of a lower shelf. And as I'm crouched down there on the floor, I feel his presence literally this far behind me. I wanted to just elbow him in the penis, which was directly behind my head. <sighs> but there was a child there. Anyway, like, it, it just this close space. And then, like, I, I just kept crouching there because I didn't want to stand up. I didn't want to, like, pummel his nuts in front of his child. I didn't need to cause a scene. I don't know what you can get arrested for in Australia. I mean, their cops don't really look that threatening, but it is what it is regardless. And he just stands there, like, for so long. So I, like, crab walk <laughs> away. 
from him so I can stand up without my head brushing the tip of his cock through his pants. And it's just like, I get that in so many situations. Like I've had that at AVN too. It's like you get this like mouth breather mentality of like, I've jerked off to you on the internet or you're a woman with and they stand this far away from you or they don't care about your personal boundaries at all so their phone is this far in front of your face it's so close it's just in your face and there's nothing you can do about it but take the phone and throw it which i have done before after warning i give multiple warnings trust me before i let that occur however personal space is a huge thing for me and you even get it in like grocery stores like when you're in line or whatever but I mean women do it too just not as frequently as men and I absolutely hate it I hate it it's disgusting it's very creepy it's very unattractive um the open mouth stare that's something that you can do that's very unattractive and creepy also in the same go um trying to think makes guys seem creepy I don't know but I'm also one of those people that for the most part like I think the things that I notice the most are definitely like the personal personal space issues because you know it's hard to not notice that but I'm someone who's very used to kind of like going through a public space with blinders on so I'm kind of just like I'm in the zone of what I'm doing I'm a woman on a mission and I try to just like avoid noticing people because typically like I don't know I guess I also kind of get tra uh, trapped into that overthinking thing as well um so I've kind of just made it a habit to not notice people and also I've had many instances before where like <laughs> my ex would want me to get like dressed up really slutty to go to the grocery store and I say slutty with you know no hate but like I don't want to dress like that when I'm going to the grocery store because I want people to leave me alone because I don't like people and he'd want me to tell me all tell him all the stories about how you know someone wanted to fuck me or you know looks that I would get or comments people would make or whatever and so half the time I would just make up stuff because I would walk around just doing what I came there to do which was honestly just buy what I needed and go away so I would make it a habit of walking around like this with my chin up shoulders back do not fuck with me stance and blinders because I don't want to deal with any I don't want public attention I don't I don't like it um not in that way especially like when I'm not in a comfort zone like something with like AVN or you know if I'm specifically going out for something like where I'm like yeah like I'm dressed for this like notice me like it's different I mean even then it's kind of like with AVN for the most part like, it's exhilarating it's fun or if I'm doing like a photo shoot or something it's like yeah look like okay whatever I'm I know what I'm doing and I'm here for this purpose but if I'm just doing something where it's like well I just want to go shopping <laughs> I just want to go buy bananas like leave me alone don't look at me like <laughs> please leave me alone and so for the most part when I'm just like existing I don't want attention from people I don't want to see people looking at me I don't want to overthink people's gazes or anything like that or notice them much at all so um something that's unattractive though is someone who like talks I guess so much that you can't get a word in edgewise like they are the authority on everything you know I guess the whole mansplaining type of thing where they leave they leave no ability for you to provide anything of value to the conversation because as soon as you start to they cut you off or tell you why they're right and you're wrong and you know blah, blah, blah. it's very annoying very obnoxious um so those are just a few things um respect people's personal space and boundaries um and some things i guess that we can take away from this episode are um don't go around inseminating over 90 women with your semen um because it's really unethical so don't do that um if you're a man and you've never experienced uh, female hormones or a period or a miscarriage or an abortion or a pregnancy, 
try to ask women um, so that you can kind of learn how it feels to be us before you run your mouth about things you don't understand in regards to our bodies. Um, I've always been okay being taller. Sometimes I wish I was taller. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was the episode that, (laughs) what a horrible way to end an episode. (laughs) I'm such, I'm so sorry that I, I, this was like the last day I could do this before my flight. Um, I'm sorry that it was probably just seemed like a very negative type episode, but I'm feeling kind of negative today and this is my show. So I guess it emulates how I'm feeling, but I will be back in Vegas soon. I'll be back with more guests. I will have Laura coming on with me. Kay Carter will be back. Alex Cole will be back. Many new guests are coming as well. And uh, as you guys heard mid-show, we have a new sponsor, Liquid IV. So you can go to liquidiv.com, use code TWND at checkout for 25% off anything that you purchase. I highly recommend it. It is me who actually reached out to Liquid IV to see if they wanted to do a partnership sponsorship, which is really cool because you guys know I actually, I drink that stuff all the time. Like I absolutely love it. So I was very happy that they wanted to work with me. So out of anything that I can recommend, I recommend that you try Liquid IV, even if you don't use my code. I wish that you would, but if you want to try it, um, get it from the store, try it out prod out. It's real nice. So thank you guys for listening. Please be sending your submissions to twndpodcast at gmail.com. Voice messages at anchor.fm slash twnd. I love to hear voice messages. They are my favorite. Please to be sending those. Please to be liking and subscribing and leaving a comment for the algorithm wherever you listen. Share with a friend. And uh, youtube.com slash Molly Stewart Chats for the video episodes. And thank you once again. And I will see you next week. Was that okay, David? I didn't pick my nose, by the way. I was just scratching it. I hope that was okay.